This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We don't have to read scripture to understand that all of us have sinned. At some point, we've all felt regret, guilt, shame, remorse. Religion may be in retreat, but guilt seems as powerfully present as ever. So what do we do with our guilt and regrets? Stay with us for our second message in our Jesus Is series titled, Jesus Is the Lamb. Today, as we continue our series entitled, Jesus Is, we are going to look at what we can do with our regrets in life. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Holy and merciful God, we humbly approach your throne of grace this day, seeking your will for our lives. Speak to us, O Lord, for your servants are ready to listen. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning at verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I'm baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen, and I testify, that this is God's chosen one. Dear friends, about three years ago, I think it was, I read a wonderful book entitled Grace by Max Lucado. And in this book, he tells a story. It seems that there was this Chinese man named Li Fuyan who had tried every treatment imaginable to ease his headaches, but nothing helped. An x-ray finally revealed the culprit. There was a four-inch rusty knife blade that had gotten lodged in his skull, and it had been there for the past four years. You see, in an attack by a robber, Fuyan had suffered lacerations on the right side of his jaw. He didn't know the blade had broken off inside his head, and that's what was behind the pain. Lucado comments on this story. He says, we can't live with foreign objects buried in our bodies or our souls. What would an x-ray of your interior reveal? Regrets over an earlier relationship? Remorse over a poor choice? Shame about a marriage that didn't work? The habit you couldn't quit? The temptation you didn't resist? Or the courage you couldn't find? Guilt lies beneath the surface. It festers and irritates. It's embedded in us. Guilt, shame, remorse. 
On an episode of This American Life, a public radio show, host Ira Glass remarks, Some regrets just never go away. People tell us that they forgive us. We try to forgive ourselves, and we still know we did wrong. We hurt somebody. It was real. And that feeling, it can immobilize you. If you're lucky, it teaches you something that you can take into other situations. But I think, often, it's just like this pebble in your shoe that teaches you nothing. It doesn't slow you down, really. It just hurts and irritates. It just hurts in this way. And it doesn't stop hurting. Regrets. Shame. Remorse. In a New York Times article, columnist David Brooks wrote a couple years ago, he argues, Religion may be in retreat, but guilt seems as powerfully present as ever. Regrets. Guilt. Shame. Brooks has it right. What do you do, though, with your guilt? and your regrets. John the Baptist points us to Jesus in response to that question. And he says, Look, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. That got people's attention. We've been doing a series, Jesus Is. This is the second message in the series, and here we learn that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That image of the Lamb had to have stirred memories from the Old Testament for those that heard John speak. For instance, we remember Abraham and Isaac on the mountain in Genesis 22, where Abraham is about to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Just as he's raising the knife up, God stops him. And they look up. They see a ram caught in a thicket. It had been provided by God for the sacrifice. We have described for us the sacrificial lambs that were used in the temple of Jerusalem. Leviticus 14 tells us, And the priest shall take one of the male lambs and offer it for a guilt offering for the sins of the people. And then there's Isaiah 53, where the prophet Isaiah describes the suffering servant who will come, and he will be led away like a lamb to the slaughter for his people. And of course, we don't want to forget the Passover lamb from the book of Exodus. Remember that story where the blood of the Lamb protected the Israelite firstborn children when the angel of death swept over the land of Egypt. And each year as the Jews celebrate Passover, that Lamb reminds Israel of God's goodness, his protection, as well as their deliverance and redemption from slavery under the Pharaoh. But there's more here than simply the image of a Lamb. John said, He's a lamb of God, of God. He's sent by God. 
He's of God. He's provided by God. He's the son of God. And he was provided for what? For our sin. The sin of the world, John says. You see, humankind's greatest problem is sin. And it needs a solution. Scripture tells us that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're rebels against God. You don't have to read Scripture to understand that all of us have sinned. You just have to watch the news, don't you? Notice John says here, sin, not the plural, sins. He says that because he's pointing us to the reality of a spiritual condition that exists within us, that we're born with and cannot cure ourselves. Paul talks about it in Romans 5, telling us that sin runs deeper than sinful actions and words or thoughts. He says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Our sinful actions and thoughts and words and things that we leave undone are the symptoms of our sin condition that's within us. The natural inclination to be selfish and egocentric and full of pride, that's sin. It's the cause. Sins are the effect. Sin is the tree. Sins are the fruit. Sin is the disease. Sins are the symptoms. Billy Graham says, sin is the cause of all trouble, the root of all sorrow. The dread of every person lies in one small word, sin. It's crippled the nature of men and women. It has caused humankind to be caught in the devil's trap. And sin lies at the heart of chaotic world conditions as we know them. As we look around and said, what's wrong with this world? There's a very simple explanation. It's called sin. And it's existed through the centuries. And sin has eternal, deadly consequences. The wages of sin is death. Death in this life, being separated from God, and death in the life to come, away from God. Now, as far as our symptomatic sins that we can see, we've Try all kinds of things to deal with them. You know what I mean. We may try to cover them up, hide them, like Adam and Eve did in the garden, or, or try to ignore them, or narcotize them with drugs and alcohol, or fix things ourselves to get make things right with God, or, or transfer the blame to someone else or something else, or explain them away with rationalizations. Everybody's doing it. But none of that works, does it? There is no peace within. Our guilt for our sin can cr crush us. King David tells us that in Psalm 32. He said after he had adultery with Bathsheba, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand, Lord, was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. He was depressed. So there's the human predicament, sin, which brings about our regrets and our guilt and our shame, and it causes a great chasm between God and us. 
the relationships with God and with others and, and ourselves even that was intended for us has been broken by this spiritual disease called sin. And the truth is, we cannot fix this predicament ourselves. But here we have John the Baptist announcing the good news that God has provided the solution, the cure, the healing for your soul. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. That's why Christ came at Christmas. He came into our world to take away everyone's sin. And to take away means to take up or bear. Jesus took away our sin by taking it upon himself, and he bore it himself. Our sins were laid upon him. Our sin he took. You see, we know where the story's headed, right? That lamb that John is pointing to will go to a cross and suffer my punishment so that I don't have to for sin. He will pay the debt for my sin, which I could never repay because of my spiritual bankruptcy. He who was rich became poor so that I might become rich in God. That's how serious sin is to God. And that's how much you are loved by God. Someone put it this way. I like this. How do you measure the size of a fire? By the number of firefighters and fire engines sent to fight against it. And how do we measure the seriousness of a medical condition? By the amount of risk the doctors take in prescribing dangerous drugs or surgical procedures. How do we measure the gravity of sin and the incomparable vastness of God's love for us? By looking at the magnitude of what God has done for us in Jesus, his son, who died like a common criminal for our sake and in our place at the cross. Hebrews 10 tells us that Jesus was carrying out God's will at that cross. He says, and by that will we've been sanctified, made holy in God's sight through the offering of the body of Jesus. And it's once for all. Did you get that? Once for all this sacrifice. We cannot add a single thing to what has been done for us by Jesus Christ. We're covered. Peter witnesses in his letter that you and I were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Paul describes the implications of this sacrifice in the cross in the fifth chapter of Romans. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all people, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all people. It's this Lamb's perfect once-for-all sacrifice for sin that provides the foundation of a renewed relationship with God. He is our hope as we sit in our regrets and our guilt and our shame. He is our freedom as we look over our lives and wonder, what am I to do with these things? Trusting in the Lamb of God, Jesus, we can repent and come to him and receive forgiveness, cleansing, and a new start. There's an old hymn that Isaac Watts wrote that really captures the truth of this. He says, Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain, could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away its stain. 
But Christ the heavenly lamb takes all our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. It's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's our answer for our burdens, our sin, our guilt and regrets. And how can we know this is all true? Because that lamb that died on the cross was raised from the dead and exalted by God. He sits at the right hand of the Father. All authority has been given to him. The Lamb of God has the final word over us. We read that in John's book of Revelation in chapters 5, 6, and 7. He says, I saw the Lamb of God. And he said he was like a triumphant, victorious individual. It's an exalted title. John memorializes the sacrificial work of Christ, and he tells us one day we will hear the angels singing with a loud voice, Worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is a lamb. Friends, friends, this Jesus is so much more than a great teacher and a prophet. He's more than a moral example to be emulated. In last week's message we learned he's the son of God he's God the servant king today we learn this life-giving truth Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away your sin in him alone there is forgiveness for sin and where there is forgiveness friend there is life and you and I need that life we need him for forgiveness and a right saving relationship with God everyone needs him so I'm told in Scripture, what, what do I do with the burden of sin and guilt and shame? Uh, the dread of facing God at his judgment seat? I bring it to Jesus, the Lamb of God. We don't need to be crippled or captive any longer to the disease of sin in our lives because God has provided the cure through his Son, Jesus Christ, Lamb of God. Place your trust in him and what he's done for you. Come to him. Come to the Lamb in faith. Bring your burdens, your guilt, your regrets, your brokenness, and receive forgiveness and a new life that's free from sin and death and the power of the devil. And as you turn to him in repentance, he will not turn you away. He will forgive you. For those who are already walking with Christ, the message is come to him daily. We're not perfect by any means. Come to him confessing those sins that still find their way into your everyday thoughts and words and actions and receive your daily baptism, the daily drowning of the old egocentric person. Know this, Jesus, the Lamb of God, stands ready to forgive you. Let's use this next hymn as our closing prayer. And we'll sing that last line of each verse. O Lamb of God, I come. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been listening to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We no longer need to be crippled or captive to the disease of sin in our life anymore because God has provided the cure. Jesus is the Lamb of God. We pray today's message has inspired you to turn to Jesus in repentance daily. He will not turn you away. Jesus, the Lamb of God, stands ready to forgive you. 
A memorial gift is a meaningful way to remember a loved one. These gifts can be given in any amount to commemorate the life of someone special while furthering the mission of Christian crusaders to proclaim the gospel. Honorarium gifts are also a thoughtful way to celebrate someone still in your life. Send your memorial or honorarium gift to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. You can also call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We invite you to visit us anytime on our website and join our Facebook friends group. These electronic supports lead visitors to further insights in Christian Crusaders' messages. They also offer a simple method to share biblical truths of the gospel with others. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org. Be sure to share us with your family and friends. We're happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we invite you to join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting today's service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders. Now in its 84th year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.